All right, Shabbosai, let us begin. Shechiyano, Vikiyamano, Vihigiyano, Lazman Hazeh. The great, you thought you were going to have to wait months to have a Rosh Hashanah. And now, Baruch Hashem, we have the schuss to begin Rosh Hashanah today. Hey, Cheshvan. Hey, Cheshvan. I will say, first of all, Yeshachach to everyone who was part of the Siyum last night. Yeshachach to everyone who helped with the Siyum last night. It was such a magnificent and magical and uplifting event. You know, the one part that I forgot to mention last night at the Siyum was Shevach and Hoda to the Lublin Rav, to Ramir Shapir of Lublin, who was the founder of the Daf. The Lublin Rav, we've spoken about him many times in the past, was an incredible and singular type of personality. The Lublin Rav had no children, no children of his own, no biological children. But the Lublin Rav has tens of thousands of children because every single person who is one of the Lomde Hadaf, if you, if you gain, if you glean spiritual life through Dafyomi, then you are a child of the Lublin Rav. And it's always important to express recognition to your father. Always important to express recognition to your Rebbe. So again, as we begin Meseches Rosh Hashanah, we dedicate our learning in this Chosavay and Aliyah for the Neshama of Lublin Rav, that we, his spiritual children, Shalem Yerz Hashem, continue to propel his Neshama Mala Mala, Hashem, which should give him Nachos each and every day. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors. Our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan to thank Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in memory of Yona Yitzchok, Ben Yosef Chaim Elazar Hakoin Zichron Levracha, and to thank Noam and Leah Efron for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in honor of the celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, incredible Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Levi. We wish him many years of gizunt and nachos and meve esim shanim tovos. And I will say with that, let us begin. It's, um, you almost feel a little bit giddy, almost a little bit giddy, starting a new Masechta. So as I will say, also just, there are notebooks. There are more notebooks, by the way. If you have not yet taken your Rosh Hashanah notebook, take it, take notes. You have to take notes in the daf. Whether you take notes in the margin of your Gemara, not if you're using a shul gemara, please. But if you're using, right, if you're using your own gemara, right, take notes in the margin, take a notebook, write that every day, take away something from the daf. A halacha, a hashkafa, a shakla v'tarya, because the truth is most of us, I think all of us, and I include myself in this, it's very difficult to retain everything that we do in the daf every day. But if you could retain something, if you walk away with a nugget, so you could look back at the end of the week, and even if you're not chazering seven blot, which most of us are not doing, but you chazer what you remembered from each day, it's so meaningful, it's so significant. And remember, the other piece is after 120, your children are going to go through your stuff. Your children are going to, which in general is a good musr, your children are going to go through your stuff, right? So you want them to find meaningful things. And you want them to find your Chidushe Torah. And you want them to find the ideas that you compiled. And you want them to find the evidence of your Talmud Torah. Because those will become the ultimate family heirlooms. So we'll see with that, let us begin. There are four Rosh Hashanahs. There are four New Years. What does it mean there are four New Years, says the Gemara. So, On the first of Nisan is the New Year for Kings. Now Rashi points out over here, They used to date documents. We date documents. 
How did they date documents, says Rashi? They dated documents in accordance with the year of the reign of a particular king. And Rashi says, Interestingly enough, this is Lavdafka by Jewish kings. Right? This was also by non-Jewish kings, as we'll discuss. In any event, they used to go ahead and date their shtaros by the reign of the king. Well, if you're going to date by the reign of the king, you have to know when the year begins and when the year ends. So the first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for kings. Ulerigalim and for Yamim Tovim. We'll discuss exactly what that means in the Gemara. That's, that's our first. So I'm going to say Rosh Hashanah number one, first of Nisan. Rosh Hashanah number two. Be'echad be'elul, Rosh Hashanah le'maiser behema. On, on Elul, on Rosh Chodesh Elul, is Rosh Hashanah from Maiser Behemah. So we'll say, let's talk about this in just a moment. What does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Lemaiser Behemah. So Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, Lemaiser Behemah. She'in ma'asun min hanoladim mishonazu al hanoladim bechaberta. And we'll say a very important yisod that we have in general is this concept that, this concept that when tithing, you cannot tithe from one cohort onto another cohort. This is going to be true with really any type of trumas and maestros. You have to go ahead and tithe from that year's cohort. Now, in order to tithe from that year's cohort, you have to know what? What's the beginning? What's the end? So we're going to see for animals, for maestro behema, it's Rosh Chodesh Elul, which means any animals born between this Rosh Chodesh Elul, right? Rosh Chodesh Elul A and Rosh Chodesh Elul B, are considered to be part of one group, one cohort, and therefore are tithed from one another. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon Omen, Be'echer B'Tishrei. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon say, that no, it's not, it's not Rosh Chodesh Elul, rather it's Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. So Rabbi say, so again, this is our first Machlokis. So remember again, interestingly enough, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, for Malachim and Regalim, no Machlokis. Everyone agrees that Allah Alamaisa, it's the first of Nisan. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah from Maiser Behema, now we have a machlokas. Is it going to be Rosh Chodesh Elul or is it going to be Rosh Chodesh Tishrei? Again, we'll see the svaras for both sides. Next. Be'echad B'Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah L'Shanim, L'Shmitim, Uliovlos. So we'll say for, for Rosh Hashanah of Tishrei, so first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah L'Shanim for years, which I will say ultimately again means for the calendar, L'Shmitim Uliovlos. Take a look at Rashi. What does that mean? The Shemitah only ovlos. Mishenichnas Tishrei Asr Lachrosh Vilizroa Min HaTorah. We'll say this is very important in Halacha Lemaisa. When Tishrei begins, the prohibitions of Shemitah and prohibitions of Yovel. We're going to see Yovel, or I should say Halachos of Yovel, kick in. Now we'll say we're going to see something very interesting when it comes to Shemitah that Halacha Lemaisa, Halacha Lemaisa, Although Shemitah biblically begins the first of Tishrei, there are elements of Shemitah which already begin from Chodesh Elul. This is a very Lemaisa discussion right now. In any event, we'll, again, we're going we're to explore all of this in Yeretz HaShem. So Shemitah Leovlos, Ulinetiah, Uliyarako. So we'll say similarly again, the first of Tishrei is also the Rosh Hashanah for Netiyah. Rashi says over here, Leminyan Shane Shnei Arla, Vafilu Nakta Ba'av Kalsash Nasarishona, Lesof Elo. So we'll say, first of Tishrei is also the new year for trees. Now, again, not for trees like Tubishvat, we'll get to in just a moment, but rather again for the Halachos of Arla. Arla says that what? 
you cannot consume the fruit of the tree for the first three years. How do you measure a year for Arla purposes? Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Then I will say, you're going to see, by the way, the reason why this is important is because as follows. What this means for us practically is, if you go ahead and you plant a tree in Av, you plant a tree, well, it wouldn't be Rosh Chodesh Av, but you plant a tree on the 10th of Av, right? So interestingly enough, comes Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. How old is that tree? One year old. So we're going to see this concept over and over and over, that essentially, really, as long as you, as long as you get started in the previous year, once your Rosh Hashanah comes, you are already locked into a year. So again, we've got Rosh, we've got, we've got Rosh Chodesh Tishrei so far as being the Rosh Hashanah for years, Shemitah, Yovel, Netiyah, which means Arla, Ol Yerakos. What's Yerakos? Rashi says Yerakos. Lemaiser Yerek, Shein Tarmenu Ma'asim Mina Niklat Lufnei Rosh Hashanah, Al Shal Ach Rosh Hashanah. So we'll say Yerakos means for tithing vegetables. So the year for, again, remember, we'll say, Klal Godl, when it comes to Trumas and Maestras, is you can only tithe from one cohort. From, so again, you have to lock in a group. You have to create what is your defined tithing population. Well, in order to do that, you need a beginning of the year, you need an end of the year. So for Yerakos, Rosh Hashanah is going to be the first of Tishrei. Well, see, now we come probably to what is the most famous part of this Mishnah. Be'echad b'shvat Rosh Hashanah le'ilan. On the first of Shvat is going to be the Rosh Hashanah for the trees, or for the tree. Rashi says, Le'ilon le'inyan meiser. We'll say once again, this is talking about tithing of fruit trees, right? Of fruits, of fruits that grow on trees. So once again, you have to know, and we're going to discuss, by the way, an interesting discussion when it comes to fruit trees is when do you establish, when are you koveya, the tithing obligation? Is it at Hanata, when the fruit blooms? Is it when the fruit becomes ripened? Again, we're going to see these all exciting discussions ahead of us. In any event, the point over here for our purposes today is on the first of Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah for Elon, for trees. Kedivrei Beishamai, that's the position of Beishamai. And what does Beishillah hold? Beishillah Omrim, Bechamisha Asarbo. Beishillah says, no, when is Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanos? When is the new year for trees? Ultimately, again, says Beishillah, says Beishillah, it's Tu Bishvat. The 15th of Shvat, Amir Hashem, we will see, I will say, what is at the core of that Machok. Because I will say, I want to tell you something absolutely beautiful on this Mishnah. So, in the Sefer Sifsei Chachamim, he asks an interesting question. I want to quote to you. He says, Lechora, listen to this Shaila on the Mishnah. Me'achar Sheshem Mesecha Zu Rosh Hashanah, Lefi Sheikara Al Kedushas Yoma Dina Kadush Rosh Hashanah. Now, I will say, it's important to know. What's the primary topic of Masechus Rosh Hashanah? Take a wild guess. Good, Rosh Hashanah. Which Rosh Hashanah? Which Rosh Hashanah? Our Rosh Hashanah. The first of Tishrei. The primary topic of this Masechah is what we colloquially call Rosh Hashanah. Our Rosh Hashanah. The first of Tishrei. The Yom Adin. That's the primary topic of this Masechah. In Cain, listen to this, as of Sisei Chachamim, if that's the case... What should the Masechta have started with? What should the Masechta have started with? First of Tishrei. First of Tishrei. At the end of the day, this is so fascinating. The Iker topic of the Masechta is what we call Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei. That's the Iker topic. And so I understand you want to introduce the Masechta. There are four Rosh Hashanahs. 
shouldn't the first one you discuss ultimately again be the first of Tishrei? Shouldn't, why, why don't you, first of all, even just calendrically, calendrically, the first of Tishrei is the beginning of the calendar year. Doesn't it make sense to begin with that particular Rosh Hashanah? Why do you start, the Sisikham says, why do you start with Be'echad Benisan Rosh Hashanah Lemalachim? The Sisikham goes on for, for an Arichos. He gives a different answer. But I want to share with you something amazing. The Magid of Mezrich, Sechusa Yagin Aleinu, says something amazing. He says, what is the worst sin that a Jew could commit? The worst Avera. Don't blurt anything out. Mm-hmm. Right? The worst Avera a Jew could commit, says the Magid of Mezrich, is that we forget that we are B'nai Malachim. We forget that we are royalty. That's the worst sin a person could commit. And at first glance, you say to yourself, really, that's the worst? I could think of a lot of worse Averis. And the Rebbe says, yes, I'll tell you why. Because when you hold yourself to a standard of royalty, when you believe that you are someone special, when you believe that you are monarchical, ultimately that informs the way, bless you, that informs the way you behave, and that informs the way you live, and that informs every aspect of your life. But when you forget, when I forget that I am royalty, when I forget that I am special, when I forget, when I forget that if I am the son of a king, that means that I too am a prince, and I too have the ability to be a king. When you forget that, then anything and everything becomes possible. And perhaps it was by design that even though this Masechta is about primarily the Rosh Hashanah, which occurs on the first of Tishrei, it's by design that the Mishnah begins with Be'echad Benisan Rosh Hashanah L'Malachim. The first Rosh Hashanah that the Mishnah begins with is the Rosh Hashanah about kings. Because the most important thing we have to instill within ourselves over and over and over each and every day is I am royalty. I am monarchical. I am holy. I am special. That's how I have to behave. That's how I have to live. And that's how I have to conduct myself. That's why perhaps Chazal chose to start the Mishnah with the Rosh Hashanah L'Malachim to remind us to ultimately be royal in the way we approach our life, in the way we approach our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the way we live. Says the Gemara, L'Malachim L'May Chazi, Sorry. So the Gemara says, what does this mean ultimately that, Rosh, that the first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for Malachim? Practically speaking, what, what does that mean? As we said before, the ramification of this is for Shtaras, for dating documents. This nan, Rabbi say this is very beautiful. This nan, Shtari Chov HaMukdamen Pesulun. This is just an interesting halacha. Predated documents are possible. Yet, ultimately, again, post-dated documents are kosher. Now, interestingly enough, what's the difference between pre-dated documents and post-dated documents? So look at Rashi. This is really fascinating. So listen to this. Let me tell this outside, and then we'll see Rashi inside. In general, if I lend Ruvain money, so generally, I have a lien against his property. Now, not only that, but so I have a lien against any property he owns 
at the time of the loan. Now, I want to point out, you know, you could structure transactions in different ways that there's no lien on the property. Well, when we get to the bubbles, Emirat Hashem will discuss that. But Pashtos, when I, I lend Ruvain a thousand dollars, I have a thousand dollar lien against his property. Now, that lien only devolves upon property that he owns at the time of the loan. But properties, and, and by the way, not only that, if he subsequently sells property, he could, could Ruvain sell property after I lent him money when there's a lien against the property? Could he sell it? Absolutely, you could sell it. But what? If Ruvain defaults, I have the ability to seize that property from the Lukuchos, from the people who purchased him, who, who purchased encumbered property. But I will say, but obviously the encumbrance, the lien, only applies to properties that were owned by Ruvain at the time of the debt. Properties that were sold by Ruvain prior to the debt right, are totally unencumbered. I have no shaykhus to those particular properties. What's the problem with the shtar mukdam? Right, we'll say, today is hey cheshvan. Today is hey cheshvan. So, you know what? I say to Ruvain, you know what? Let's just date, let's just date our, let's just date our document base cheshvan. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with that? If Ruvain went ahead and sold property between base cheshvan and hey cheshvan, I now have a loan document that says Beis Cheshvan, which according to the document says the loan was made on Beis, which means that the encumbrance begins on Beis. But that, what, that could turn, what that could lead to is an illegal seizure of property because Lamaisa, the real encumbrance doesn't begin until Hey. So that's why you're not allowed to have a Shtar Mukdam. You're not allowed to have any type of pre-dated document. I'll tell you, by the way, you know where this comes up all, all, it doesn't come up all the time, but where sometimes it creates attention, I'll say this is why, this is why by Aksuva, by Aksuva, Aksuva must be dated on the same date as the Chuppah. Because if the Aksuva is dated, let's say, let's say today's Hei Cheshvan, but the Chasana's running late. Sometimes it's been rumored that Chasana's run late. Right? The Chasana runs late and the Chuppah is going to take place after Shkia, after sunset. That means the Chuppah is taking place on Vav Chashvan. The Ksuv is dated on Hei Chashvan. And the problem ultimately is what? Aksuva is a, is a document which creates an encumbrance. Remember again, your wife has an encumbrance against what? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Right? In the Ksuva it says, Afilo min glima da kaspoi. Even the shirt on your back. The Ksuva is the most far reaching document that exists in Halacha. Everything is encumbered by it. That's why, interesting of Minag Yerushalayim, it is something very interesting. Interesting, it might be outside of Yerushalayim also, but it's known as Minag Yerushalayim. They signed the Ksuva under the Chuba. The Dafka sign is like outside of Eretz here, here in America, they do it by the Chassan's dish. In Eretz Yisrael, at least in Yerushalayim, is they Dafka do it under the Chuppah so that there should be no issues of predating. So that's what we'll say. That's a Shtar Mukdam. What's a Shtar Mu'ochar? So just the opposite. What's a Shtar Mu'ochar? So Shtar Mu'ochar today is Hei Cheshvan. And you know what? We decide to date the document Vav Cheshvan. I'll both say, who does that put at a disadvantage? The lender. Right, because now technically speaking, what that means is I lent Ruben a thousand dollars. I lent it to him today on Hey Cheshvan, on Hey Cheshvan. So we date the document Vav Cheshvan. So what happens? That means if Ruben sells property today, right? Technically speaking, I can't seize any property that was sold that was sold before Vav. Is a star what's called a star muuchar, a post dated document. Is a post dated document mutter? Is a mutter? It is. 
as long as the lender agrees to it. In other words, if I as the lender am okay with being put at a disadvantage, that's fine. You see, a shtar muktam, a predated document, is usr. Because a predated document puts other unassociated parties with the, with the loan, puts them in jeopardy. Because now, again, if I predated, I could potentially go and seize property from other people that Ruvain sold to if he defaults. And that's not fair, because the truth is really their property is unencumbered. A post-dated document only puts me, the lender, in jeopardy. If I choose to accept that level of risk, that's, that's my business. So back to the Gemara. So when the Gemara says, what does it matter when we say that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the Rosh, Rosh Hashanah Lamelachim? Amrav Chistel Shtaros, Disnan, Shtari Chof Hamukdamin Psulin, predated documents will be possible. But post-dated documents ultimately are kosher. And I will say, therefore, so you have to know how to date the documents. Well, so I'll just tell you something beautiful. It's, it's such a, it's hard to get carried away with all the beautiful Torah that comes up on this. says on this line, listen to his drush on this line. He says, The Ribbon Shalom says to us this line, Shtarei Chof Hamukdamin. He says to Klal Yisrael, I have some old documents against you. Some old claims. I have some old claims against you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm willing to passel the old I have against you on one condition. If you make a choice and you make a promise to be kosher from this point going forward, I'll passel, I'll negate, I'll void, I'll tear up all of the old claims. Rav Meir Premishlan, Shtari Chav HaMukdamin, we all, Kosh Baruch has claims against us. He does, he has tainus against us. He has Shtaris against us. There are documents against us. We all, we all have, Kosh Baruch has claims against all of us. Kosh Baruch says, I'll passel every single one of them, I'll rip them up. As long as, HaMilcharim Ksherim, as long as you promise from this point going forward to be a kasher, I'll rip up everything from the past. Incredible. Ramer Premishlan. So says the Gemara. We should probably do a little Gemara today. Says the Gemara. So much. I will say again, remember, this is why we learn Gemara. It's not a tangent. It's not a tangent. It's hafuchba Everything. Everything is in Daf Bez Rosh Hashanah. Tanrabanan. Melech Sha'amad Ba'estra Ba'adar. So let's listen to this. A king who starts his reign. So we'll see. Now we're going to go through a whole bunch of cases about kings and how ultimately, again, the dating system works with their reign. So here we go. Tanrabanan. Melech Sha'amad Ba'estra Mitisha Ba'adar. If the king goes ahead and assumes his throne on the 29th of Adar. So let's remember again. 29th of Adar is what? Is what? The day before, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Kevan Shiyagia Echad Benisan Al Saloshana. Once the first, so both said, this is the theme we're going to keep on seeing. So if the king ascended his throne on the 29th of Adar, once Rosh Chodesh Nisan comes, that's reckoned as what? One year. He's, he's into his, so now essentially when Rosh Chodesh comes, that is considered to be what? The beginning of the second year of his reign. Even though effectively he's been on the throne for a day, or now two days, right? It's two years. But of course, if he assumed his throne after Rosh Chodesh Nisan, 
then halacha lemaisa, his full year is only considered to be complete when he gets to the next Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Okay, so the Gemara says, Amar Mar, Melech Sha'amar Be'eser Metisha Ba'adar, if the king ascends the throne on the 29th of Adar, Kevan Shigia Echad Benisan Al Saloshana, once the first of Nisan comes along, that counts as a year, that counts as a year. So Ha'kamash Rabbah said, what do we see from this? Amad Be'ez, Ha'kamash Malon, the Nisan, Rosh Hashanah Lemalachim. So there are two things we learn from this. Number one, that Nisan is considered to be the Rosh Hashanah for Malachim. And Abba said, what else do we see? V'yom echad b'shana chashuv shana. And one day of the year is counted as a year. So Abba said, so again, this is a very important Yisod. So it's two things. Number one, reinforcing what the Mishnah said, that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for Malachim. That's Aleph. And Beis, Yom Echad B'Shana Chashuv Shana. One day of the year, because remember, if the king ascended the throne on the 29th of Adar, ultimately again comes Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that is counted as if he has reigned for an entire year. And I will say, what an incredible muster in that line. Yom Echad B'Shana Chashuv Shana. Sometimes, sometimes, you could infuse meaning into an entire year by just living one impactful day. And sometimes a person could accomplish in one day what it sometimes takes an entire year. And I'll say, this, we're gonna see, we're gonna develop this sort of a little bit more of Yom Echad B'Shana Chashuv Shana. So here, well, actually we'll go a little bit weiter, then we'll come back to it. So we're gonna go through a couple of other cases. And if the king only ascends the throne on the first of Nisan, so remember, we're just dissecting the Braisa. If the king ascends the throne on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, so the year is only reckoned when? When you get next year. Yeah, you go through a full, in that case, you go through a full 12 months, right? Or whatever, if it's a leap year more. And ultimately, the first year of his reign is only considered to be complete when he reaches next Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So Pshita, the Gemara says, okay, that's, that's kind of obvious. Lo so Bose, listen to this. So remember, case number one of Bose is King ascended the throne on we'll call it the 29th of Adar. Once Rosh Chodesh comes, that is considered to be year one. Okay, so now he's a year. King ascends the throne on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. He is only considered to have to have had one year of his reign until he gets to when? The following Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Sigma so says that's that's obvious. Oh, what's the Chiddush? This is very interesting. The Imnu Aleh. I will say the case over here is the Imnu Aleh Me'adar. They already appointed the king on the end of Adar. Look at Rashi. The Imnu Aleh. Nimnu Vigamru Hasarin Limnoso. The case I will say is they already voted him into the monarchy. You know, I will say it's interesting. The, um, the Malbim in the beginning of Megillah Sester discusses the diff- historically the different types of monarchies which existed throughout history. There was a constitutional monarchy, right? And there was more like a, I guess we'll call it like a autocratic type of monarchy. So a constitutional monarchy was the king was voted into office, right? He was voted in and he could be voted out, right? In, in a more despotic or autocratic type of monarchy, the king has absolute power. The reason the Malbim brings it up Interestingly enough, in the beginning of, of, of Megillah Sester, is because the Malbim, it's, it's actually an incredible Malbim. He discusses that Achashverosh's entire intention, the, the Babylonian monarchy, 
was a constitutional monarchy. And the whole chaf of that, that Achashverosh wanted to do was to consolidate absolute power in the monarchy. He did not want to be reliant on others. In any event, the point that the Gemara is making is, what happens if they essentially voted the king into office at the end of Adar? So they voted him in. So in other words, he, was, he, he got the job already at the end of Adar, but he didn't officially assume monarchical responsibilities until Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So you might have thought, what? You might have thought that like this. Once he was voted into office, so to speak, and he was voted in at the end of Adar, therefore what? The job was his. The job was his right at the end of Adar. Really, we should count it as when did he ascend the monarchy? When? When? In Adar. And therefore, once Rosh Chodesh Nisan rolls around, he's entered into the second year of his role. Kamash Malon, that that's not the case. Kamash Malon, that when does the king become the king? Only when he actually assumes responsibility. Incredible. Tan Rabban, say a lot of muster in that also. The king is only the king, not when he's king in title. Only when he's king in responsibility. Tan Rabban, say listen to this. Meis ba'adr ba'amad achar tachtov ba'adr. Listen to this. The king died during Adar, and another king, the replacement was, came up, was installed in Adar. What's Talak? It's a very interesting case. Monin Shana Lezet Ulezet. So it's actually a fascinating case. Let's say king, king, king A dies in Adar, and King B is installed, descends the monarchy in Adar. So remember again, that year is reckoned for both monarchs. So it's the final year of monarch A's rule, and the first year of monarch B's rule. Now, remember again, this is all important because again, for, for our purposes, why? For the dating of shtaros. So remember again, what that would mean is effectively, you could date your shtar in one of two ways. You could date your shtar the last year of King, King A's reign or the first year of King B's reign. And both of those dating systems are going to be correct. So the Gemara says, Rashi says over here, So we'll say you, you have a choice as to how you want to date that star. Good, that's case one. Case two, What happens if monarch A dies in Nisan and monarch B ascends the throne in Nisan? What's Talacha? Monin It's the same Alacha. same Alacha. So essentially, again, so you, you could date the Shtar, you could date the Shtar, the last year of King A's rule, or the first year of King B's rule. And both of those are legitimate ways to date the Shtar. Next. Meis Ba'adar Va'amad Akhar Tachtov Binisan. If King A dies in Adar and King B isn't installed or doesn't ascend, until Nisan, what's Talacha? Monin Rishon or Rishon? Ushni or Lasheni? Ultimately, you know, we'll say that means the previous year. The previous year is reckoned as the last year of King A's rule. And now the new year after Nisan is reckoned as the first year of King B's rule. Okay? Amr Mar. So Amr Mar. So we'll say, let's analyze these cases. Amr Mar. 
listen to this. So we're now going to dissect the Brisa. Case number one was King A died in Adar, King B was installed in Adar. So what's Talacha? What's Talacha? You could date the Shtar either last year of King A or first year of King B. Subshita. The Gemara says, okay, that's, that's obvious. What, what's the Chiddush in that? You might have thought that one year cannot be associated with two different monarchies. In other words, we'll say, first of all, the, the real Havamina is, right, it doesn't make sense to associate one year with two monarchies. It also, by the way, you could, one would have to imagine, could create some level of confusion in the dating of documents also, right? In other words, what, is, what does that mean? Some are having it last year of King A, first year of King B. So you might have thought that one year cannot be associated with two different monarchies. Kamash Molon, that that's not the case. Kamash Molon, again, we'll say, you know, this is uh, very reminiscent of the exchange between the, between the sun and the moon, right? Do you remember again in Bereshis we had that the moon said, right, when Hashem Baruch Hu created the Shnei HaMa'oros, Shnei HaMa'oros HaGidolim. So first they're created as two large luminaries, and then later on in Bereshis it refers to the Ma'or HaGadol, the sun, to shine by day, Ma'or HaKaton, so asks Rashi HaKadosh, what happened? They started as two large luminaries. Now there's one big, one small. So remember, we know the famous Medrash that says that what happened, the moon said, Two kings can't share one crown. Kadosh Baruch Hu says, you're right. Well, you're not right, you're wrong. But because you thought that, Go and diminish yourself. And so the moon becomes the diminished luminary. It's incredible. The Gemara says, you might have thought that two kings can't share one year. Kamash say that life is all about learning how to share the crown. <laughs> that life is all about learning how to coexist and to make space for others. Incredible Yisod. Meis benisan. Va'amein achatachtav benisan. We're just going through, we're now, we read the Bryce, we went through all the cases. Now we're just going ahead and dissecting those cases. Next. So listen to this. King A died in Nisan. King B ascends the throne in Nisan. So what's Talacha? That year is year is, is the last year of King A, first year of King B. So Pshita, the says, that's obvious. What would you have thought? This is incredible. Listen to this. I would have thought that when we say one year, one year, is, oh, sorry, one day is considered to be a year, that's when? At the end of the year. So I will say, in other when, when do we say Yom Echad B'Shana Chashuv Kishana, that one day of the year is, is like a year, that's when it's the last day of the year, right? So again, King A dies and King B ascends that on the last day of the year. I hear that. Then that year could count as the last year of King A, first year of King B. That makes a lot of sense. But I will say, if all you are as king for the first day of the year, if all you are as king is first day of the year, and then you die, right? and then you're no longer king, I would have thought that's not called the year. Right? I will say, so if King A dies on the first day of Nisan, now, come on, you're going you're gonna to give him that year, you're going to attribute that year to his reign? That doesn't make sense. 
Kamash Molana Bosa de Gimar says, No, we say Yom Echad Bishana Chashuv Kishana, that one day is considered to be like a year, whether that one day is the beginning of the year or whether that one day is the end of the year. I would say, What an incredible Musar Haskil as well. Because Yom Echad Bishana teaches us another important Hashkafic concept, which is that sometimes, first of all, a person could redeem a year, an entire year in one day. You see that the Svarim are filled with this concept when it comes to the end of the calendar year. We come to the end of Chodesh Elul. And we realize that there's so much work we have to do that I haven't done. You could redeem an entire year with one day of Avoda. But I think it also goes the opposite way. That sometimes, sometimes we have just a couple of days of meaning throughout an entire year. And sometimes it's easy to think that if it's just a little bit of ruchnius here, a little bit of ruchnius there, but it's not sustained, I'm not able to keep it up, I'm not able to perpetuate it, that it doesn't mean anything. But what is the Gemara teaching us? Yom echad b'shana chashuv kishana. One day, one day of accomplishment, one day of being a melech, one day of being a king, one day being on top of your game, one day accomplishing, that's really meaningful. That's really meaningful. And whether that day is that at the beginning of the year, because sometimes, you know, we begin the year strong and then we peter out. Or whether that one day is at the end of your year, because sometimes it just close to the year and then wake up at the end. Whenever your day is, never think that just because you can't or you haven't sustained something, that your episodic holiness is not meaningful. It's not true. Yom Echad Bishana Chashav Kishana. Whenever a Yid does something good, whenever you do something holy, whenever you're the best version of yourself, even if it's just for a couple of moments, or for a couple of hours, or for a day here and there, Yom Echad Bishana Chashav Kishana. Whenever you have moments of great spiritual accomplishment, that is exceptionally meaningful in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Incredible Yisod. Next, Meis Ba'adar Va'amir Akhir Tachtav Benisan. The next case was, the king died in Adar. And ultimately, again, another king was appointed. So King A died in Adar, King B was appointed in Adar. So I'm sorry. So we'll say in this case, King A died in Adar, King B doesn't come onto the scene until Nisan. So we'll say, okay. So therefore, again, we'll call it year one is attributed to the last year of the reign of King A. And year two, post Nisan, is year one of King B. Pshita. Okay, that's obvious. We'll say, watch this. No, 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 because what's the case of Jose? King A died in Adar, and when was King B officially, you know, when was he voted in? When was he voted in? In Adar. Not only that, not only that, but King B is the son of the now deceased King A. So we'll say, you might have thought that what? So we'll say, I want to like this. In a case where King A died in Adar, and King B didn't officially assume his, his monarchical positions until Nisan, but he was voted into office in Adar, and he's also the son of the deceased king. I might have thought all of that connection to the throne should make it as if what? As if what? As if he's ascended the throne in Adar, and therefore again, year one should count as last year of King A, year one of King B, and, and now when Nisan comes, it should be year two of King B, you're only the king when you assume the responsibilities. Just because you've been voted in, and even if your father is the king, 
You're only the king if you assume responsibility. You only accomplish great things in life and you are only considered to be in a position of influence if you have responsibilities. Titles mean nothing. Responsibility means everything. The king is only the king when he assumes the reins and responsibilities of the kingdom. Incredible. So we'll say, now let's analyze. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say, now we've gone through pretty much every single variation of this case, and now we understand quite clearly that Halacha Lamaisa, that Halacha Lamaisa, the Rosh Chodesh for Malachim is going to be the first of Nisan, right? And we've seen all the variations. Says the Gemara, where do we know this from? In other words, who, cho- who chose that? Who, cho- who made that decision? We see it in the Mishnah, obviously. But where does this come from that we go ahead and, and we count for kings from Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Sabah says, fasting, Shneemar, Vahi Bishmonim Shana, Vaarba Meos Shana, Litseis Binei Yisrame Eretz Mitzrayim, Bishana Haravias, Bechodesh Ziv, Huachodesh Hashini, Lemelech Shlomo Al Yisrael. So we'll say over here, the Gemara is quoting from the Pasuk in Malachim, and it's talking about the reign of Shlomo HaMelech. And interestingly enough, how does it refer to the reign of Shlomo HaMelech? It refers to it as 480 years from the time we left Egypt. From the time we left Mitzrayim. Makish Malchus Shlomo Yitzias Mitzrayim. So we'll say, interestingly enough, what is the Pasuk doing? It's comparing the reign of Shlomo to the Exodus, to Yitzias Mitzrayim. Just like we left Egypt during Nisan, so too again the reign of Shlomo, and by extension the reign of all kings, is counted from Nisan. So the Gemara says something very interesting. So I'll say in general, how do you know that Yitzhak Mitzrayim itself, how do you know that you count, that you count the anniversary of Yitzhak Mitzrayim from Nisan? Now, we'll say this is very interesting. In other words, that we understand, we, obviously, we all agree, we left Egypt during Nisan. Right? Let's all agree on that point. Torah says it. Right? But how do you know that you count the anniversary of Exodus from Nisan? Maybe the anniversary, Dilma, maybe the anniversary, we left, we left ultimately again in Nisan, but the anniversary of when we left is reckoned from Tishrei. So we'll say, watch this. This is fascinating. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, if you look at Rashi, Ema Metishrei, Afa Pishyotsu Benisan, Mishegiyah Tishrei, Karlo Shanashniya, Vefishay Tishrei, Rashan Loshanim. Others will say what that means is as follows. Even though we left in Nisan, so we left in Nisan, that's year one, but maybe when Tishrei came, that was already considered to be the second year since we left Egypt. In other words, how do you know that in the historical anniversary of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we're counting the years from Nisan to Nisan? Maybe we left in Nisan, but once that first Tishrei came, that's considered to be already the second year since we left Mitzrayim, and the counting goes on from there. I'll tell you why it says the Gimar. Listen to this. This is incredible. We're seeing everybody today. We're seeing everybody today. Moshe's here. Aaron's here. Shlomo's here. Speak to your spizons. The Gimar says, listen to this. Vayal Aaron HaKohen Aaron went up on Horar. This is when Aaron's going to die. Al pi Hashem. Vayomas Shom, he dies on Horahar, when, Bishnas Ha'arboim Litzeis B'nei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. He dies, ultimately again, on the 40th year, since we left Egypt, 
Bechodesh hachamishi, in the fifth month, Be'echel lechodesh. Now, I both say, we know, we know, when does Aaron die? Aaron died Rosh Chodesh Av. Right? So the Chodesh hachamishi, the fifth month over here is Av, Be'echel lechodesh, on the first of the month. Uksiv, and I both say, now watch this, and what else does it say? Vahi ba'arboim shana, ba'ashtei asar chodesh, Be'echel lechodesh, and it was in the 40th year, in the 11th month, which also we're going to see is the month of Shvat, Diber Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the people. Now, both say, now here's what you have to keep in mind. Aaron dies on the first of Av, and the Torah calls that the first of Av in the 40th year. Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to the people, speaking to the people, on the 11th, in the 11th month, right? Shvat, and what? It still calls it the 40th year. Now watch this. Now, when Aaron dies, Rosh Chodesh Av, we're calling it the 40th year. And yet when Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to the people, right? It still calls it the 40th year. So we'll say, how does that work? How could it be that Av and Shvat are part of the same calendar year. How does that, it only works if what? If you're counting as of when? Nisan. Because remember again, if you're counting Tishrei, if you're counting Tishrei, then if Aaron dies in Av, and that's the 40th year, by definition, if Moshe is talking to the people in Shvat, that has to be the 41st year. If however, you're counting from Nisan, oh, then Aaron could die on Rosh Chodesh Av, Moshe could speak on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and they're still the same 40th year. So the Gemara says again, if we're talking about Av, and you're calling it the 40th year, and Moshe Shalim was taking to the people in Shvat, and you're calling that the 40th year as well, both say that only works if in the desert, they're not counting from Tishrei. Rather, what they're doing is they're on a cycle from Nisan. They're on a cycle from Nisan. Then in the desert, they're operating again. Their years are counted on the anniversary of Rosh Chodesh. Right? Rosh Chodesh Nisan is what drives their counting. And therefore, both sides, going back a little bit, going back, therefore, when ultimately, again, we have the Pasuk comparing, we have the Pasuk comparing the reign of Shlomo to Yitzias Mitzrayim, right? What does that tell us? Just like Yitzhak Mitzrayim was counted from Rosh Chodesh Nisan, so too the reign of a king is counted from Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So I'll say the Gemara just delves into these pesukim in just a moment. Bishlama heich mefarish Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So I'll say now here's what's interesting: the death of Aaron. Expli- the pasuk explicitly says, "Vayamasham ba'arboim b'shnas arboim l'tzeis bnei Yisrael meretzayim." When Aaron dies, the pasuk explicitly says, "Aaron dies in the fortieth year from when we left Egypt." And we'll say, interestingly enough, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it just says, Vahi ba'arbam shana. So we'll say, hear the difference? By Aaron, it says, Aaron died in the 40th year since we left Egypt. By Moshe Rabbeinu, it says that Moshe was talking to us in the 40th year. How do you know that that's the 40th year from when we left Egypt? Maybe, Dilma la kamas hamishkan. Maybe, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it's the 40th year that the Mishkan was erected. Well, say, remember again, when was the Mishkan erected in the Midbar? Year two. Year two. So maybe, in fact, it's actually a different order. How do you know that they're counting on the same systems? 
Maybe, again, by Aaron it says explicitly, 40 years since the Exodus. By Moshe Abinu it just says the 40th year. Maybe it's counting the 40th year from the Akamas HaMishkan. Look at Rashi. That was in the year number two. To which the Gemara says, Kid Amra Papa, Shnas Esrim, sorry, Shnas Esrim, Shnas Esrim, Lexer Shava. We'll see what that means tomorrow, Mirz Hashem. Hachanami, Shnas Arbam, Shnas Arbam, Lexer Shava. Because I will say, ultimately, again, it's Lexer Shava. Wherever it says Shnas Arbam, in owners, you don't always have to say 40 years from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But rather, what? Once you say it once, it's understood that any other time we say Shnas Arbam, it is obviously going to refer to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Ma'kam Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Afkam Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Just like by Aaron, it's by Yitzhak Mitzrayim, so too by Moshe Rabbeinu, it's going to be for Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So we'll stop over here for today. We will continue Amir Hashem delving deeper into Rosh Hashanah, into Echad Benisan, being the Rosh Hashanah for Malach. And I will say, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, on the Aschal of the new Masechta, it's going to be, by the way, it is so beautiful to see such an incredible base medrash, a full base medrash. Let's keep this intensity. Let's keep this simcha going in Mirat Hashem throughout the entire Masechta. Mazel Tov on the new Aschala. Incredible, exciting new beginning. Shkayach. Yeah, that, that's a good shot. I, I think the simple answer is they would not have monarchical voids like that. I, I don't think you have stuff like that. The fact that they... I, I don't think. I, I, what would you do? Would you not write stories or at least not get them? The truth is there are alternate... We're going to discuss this. The reason they dated by the Malachim was because of Shalom Malchus. There are other ways to date. You could date it, Hey Cheshvan Tavshin Pei Beis. So I guess if for some reason you didn't have a king, that's what you would do. Which is what we do now. Correct. Correct. I think. Thank you. Does it say Roshanahs? Enjoy it then. We have more. We have more. Amen.